PHP Architect would like to thank Honey Badger for sponsoring this episode of the PHP Podcast. Honey Badger transforms you into a DevOps hero by combining error, uptime, and cron monitoring into a single easy-to-use platform. Stop wasting your time tailing logs and deploy with swagger. Visit honeybadger.io today to level up. Welcome to the official podcast of PHP Architect. Join us to listen to the latest news and tech talk from our conferences, the magazine, and wider PHP community. You're listening to the PHP Podcast Interview Edition for November 2021. I am your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me is John Congdon. Hello. And joining us again back in studio, Vincius Capitelli. Yeah. Yeah, baby, I've been practicing. (laughs) Yeah, I see that. (laughs) It's almost been a year since we spoke. The last time we spoke was December of 2020. We're in November of 2021. Uh, You had just moved to San Pablo, Brazil. You had just left your startup. Exactly. And you were were going on some new adventures. I think one of them was teaching. You are going to teach a class. What's been going on? How, how's how's life? What's you still in San Pablo and what's yeah. up, man? Yeah, I am. Crazy year, right? We we're just talking about it before joining here. So I decided to quit my startup and I was like, okay, I don't want to work as a developer anymore. I need some time for myself. And then after a month, I started working as a freelance PHP developer. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I don't want to develop, but I'm going to develop. Yeah. I was like, I don't know why I did it because I didn't need money that much on that month, but I was okay. This came up. Shouldn't miss it. But yeah, I started giving some workshops, some lectures. I found this company that they wanted to hire me as a developer. And I said, "Ah, I don't want to develop anymore, but hey, I could teach you. And I've been teaching them every single week or every week or not about eight or 10 months right now. So it's like a four-hour workshop twice or three times a month on several subjects, you know, cryptography, security, solid, Kubernetes, Docker, everything else. So I set up a list of subjects that a developer should know, and I just started teaching them. So it's been awesome. And I've been working for a US-based company also called Oterra. It's, It's based on LA. It's for streaming, it's for OTT. So it's a streaming platform for anyone that wants to deliver channels to to TVs and create their own apps. So I've been working there as well since February, I guess. So it's been a crazy year. For all of your teaching, is it mainly for just one or two big companies? Are you doing it for lots of different companies? No, it's for for a couple of companies right now. I can't do more than two companies at the same time, you know, because... I always like to to customize the workshops. So I ask some code from them and I review their code and I try to be more practical, you know. So, hey, take a look at this. We are talking about Solid. So here's the code that you guys got it wrong. Let's talk about TDD. So here's a test that you guys should have wrote for this function because it's huge and it's very complicated. So even though there's a theoretic part that is the same, I like to customize the workshop for each company, you know. So... I can't handle more than one or two companies at the same time. That's awesome that you found like a company that, w- that will bring you in for multiple sessions to keep training their developers Yeah, versus bringing you in just to do one subject and then moving on. Yeah. And like I said, it's almost 10 months now. So 
it's almost like I'm part of their 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 group, you know. So they just called me to play soccer with them last week. So <laughs> it's I'm it's like I'm a third party guy. I'm and they are outsourcing me, so <laughs> it's fun. And just like I said, sometimes just hire someone to to answer our questions about one subject, and that's it. You never see that guy anymore. So I'm on workshop number 18 or 19 with Dan right now. So it's been awesome. Very cool. And the solid principle was actually the topic we talked about last year with you in your interview. This year, you've written a couple of feature articles with us based around security, Lipsodium and cryptography. What What's taking you down that path? Yeah, it's funny, actually, because I don't remember the first time that I that I got in touch with cryptography, but probably was trying to implement API authentication, right? It's almost 90% of developers, we we start taking a look at authentications and OAuth or anything else we do and handling all those client IDs and client secrets. It's always a mess, right? We, we always fail hard when trying to do that. And well, I remember when, when Facebook login was a thing and we used it everywhere, man, <laughs> it was hard to get it working, right? For the first couple of times. So I used to, to read a lot about this this subject. And of course, I, I learned about a lot about it, but it stood on my, on my mind on the back of my head. And I was like, okay, this is something that I struggled with, but I got it working, but I don't want to spend so much more time on it. I think that's something that most people do actually. But then um, five years ago, I guess, the company that I worked here in, in Sao Paulo, we, we started a cybersecurity project. So we needed to learn <laughs> and it was tough because you guys know, didn't find any resources or any articles back then. It was 2015 or, or 16. And when we did manage to find articles, it had nothing to do with PHP. So it was very hard. Of course, we had a WASP and WASP have them like 20 years ago already, but only the top 10 series, I guess. I don't remember them having those shit sheets series they have right now. That is awesome. So we have to learn by ourselves, right? We have to read the articles, sometimes hire some consultancy firm, firms and tell them, hey, please teach us how to do it. Or hire some pen test companies to to test our apps and bring, delivers us a huge list of everything we got wrong. So after that, after a lot of struggling and a lot of failed attempts, we we finally learned about cryptography and security. And I really liked it about it. Of course, I'm not a, a cryptologist or mathematician, so I don't know the 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 deeps of the algorithms, but I really like speaking about security and cryptography on conferences right. and on meetups. So here I am. Knowing, knowing enough about the subject, you're not going to write your own algorithms like he's at least kind of having a broad idea of how they work and how you can really mess it up is important. Yeah, totally. Please don't write your own article or don't mix two articles, right? <laughs> <laughs> or don't try to do your own cryptography. Like, yeah, I'm just going to MD5 this a hundred times and get it right. Yeah. That's not, that's not how you do it. But that's difficult to get in your mind, right? Because sometimes you would think, okay, have MD5 and a lot of other hashing functions. Maybe if I could 
combine them together, I could grab the best of them. But it's not, it's the worst of them. So it's hard to get yeah. that in your mind first. We've come across so many legacy applications in our line of business where the person who did the their login scheme definitely didn't understand cryptography <laughs> and tried just doing security through obscurity. And that just doesn't work. Yeah. I like that he started with doing it the hard way, the old open SSL way of doing yeah. things. And now PHP has brought Lipsodium into core and it's so much easier. I don't want to say easy to do encryption, but you don't have to jump through as many hoops. You're able to get really good encryption algorithms correctly with less lines of code. Yeah, I think one of the most common cases of vulnerabilities is, is like you guys said, is someone that don't, don't understand cryptography, don't understand security, and they try to implement themselves and they try to create all this logic, all this algorithm on their heads. The problem is the theory here is important. If you don't know the theory, you, you're going to get it wrong. So right. like I said, I'm not cryptologist or anything else. So you don't need to learn how the RSA algorithm works, all the steps behind, but you need to know the big picture, right? So this is why I wrote the first article. So here's the big picture. Here's the theory. If you don't have Libsodium or if you're writing some legacy or if you're maintaining some legacy applications that you can't for whatever reason upgrade, or if you're not dealing with PHP, so here's the hard way, you know? I saw a recent talk that you gave called Protecting Your Sensitive Variables and Deploys. Yeah. I'm really curious why that's not an article yet. I'm just, I'm just wondering. Hey, we can get that. <laughs> that yeah. was good. I, I had to, I had to where was that at? Because obviously I had to watch it through a translation. Who were you giving that talk to though? I, I don't recall who that was. Yeah, to be honest, I don't even remember. I gave that talk. <laughs> yeah, because I gave that talk a lot, you know, because oh. this, that was the the last thing I did before quitting my old job, before quitting my job to go to my startup. So that was the last thing I did for them. There's a huge e-commerce company here in Brazil, and they called us to to improve their security. You know, they are they are having all these problems with CI CD because it's a huge company, and every day there's people joining and people leaving the company. So they were having a hard time trying to get all their security credentials created or deleted when someone left the company. And it was crazy, you know, because they had over 1,000 employees. They used to buy a lot of small companies every month, actually. Mm -hmm. So the the leaders were crazy, man. Every week they had to create a setup of Amazon accounts and delete the old ones and rotate the access keys. And they suffered mm -hmm. a lot with that. So this is why I wrote that article. It was a great article. It was a great talk actually that hey we can turn that into an article just you know guys just say the word yeah the word. yeah for sure <laughs> you tell me if i did a little bit more searching i could probably find the english version of it or uh i, I don't think there's an english version for this one okay that's yeah. fine no, I, was, I was fine with the translation i, I would you know miss little bits and pieces but i'll, I'll yeah. catch up i got it <laughs> well, that's why your your pronunciation is is great right it's about <laughs> listening to me speaking Portuguese, so <laughs> I watch I watch a lot of it, yeah. <laughs> so how are you like in San Pablo? Actually I live here for seven years right now. Just moved from an apartment. Used to live oh, on gotcha. a, a, another place of the city and I just moved with my girlfriend to this new neighborhood. Yeah, mm -hmm. I really love living here because my folks are from a small town here. It's like 
200 or 250 miles from Sao Paulo. So it's a very small town, like 40,000 mm -hmm. people, and we don't have anything there. So when I came mm -hmm. to Sao Paulo to work for that other company, everything changed, right? I was not used to, to come here because when even on smaller towns, you just see these big cities, it's huge and violent and all this traffic. And I was like, okay, I don't want to live some, in Sao Paulo ever, right? And here I am almost eight years later, I'm still here and I don't want to go back. <laughs> I don't I don't have a concept of how big it is, but like do you ever get to go to like what is the thing called with the organic foods, uh, Agua Branca Park or something? Is that right? Agua Branca? Yeah, there's a park here called Agua, Agua Branca that means like Agu white water. It's a neighborhood yeah. here in Sao Paulo. It's a good park actually. Yes, yeah, Sao Paulo is huge, man. Suppose suppose they have like some major like organic food market there. It's not. It's not a market. It, I guess they have like a farmers market. I, it was what we call them here, where yeah. all these uh, local farmers bring their stuff. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of these things right here. Actually, all these neighborhoods they had they their their associations, right? So they just try to to improve the local business, and everyone that has their own store, their own shops, they they manage to do this kind of stuff. But São Paulo is huge. We have like I think the city alone has. 12 million people, but the great wow. São Paulo, greater São Paulo has 20 million people. So it, yeah, it's a mess, but I love it. <laughs> it's a good mess. And I assume you're still working remote. So you just get to dial into everywhere you're working. Yeah. Because when I, I quit my old job to, to go to my startup, we were already working from home. We hired a place, a house here. And me and my ex-business associate, we, we hired this house and we were already working from home when the pandemic came. Mm. So we didn't, <laughs> we didn't, at first, we didn't realize what's go what was going on because we were already working 24-7. So, <laughs> yeah, but right now the, the company that I work is it's based on, in LA. We do have some other people around the world, but I'm the only developer from Brazil. We have some guys from Argentina too. And and even though the the company that I give these workshops they are based in São Paulo, uh, it's all all remote. It, mm -hmm. it it was strange at first giving giving the remote workshops because, man, one thing is is talking, one another thing is having everyone else to to ask questions and to interact mm -hmm. with me during the workshop. Right? It's not a lecture; it's a workshop. So I need them to ask questions. And I need them to tell me what's going on with their code and everything else. So at first it was, was terrible, but hey, I'm almost done now. So <laughs> I've seen that a lot with online conferences. Like yeah. you have people that do really good presentations live, but they just fall apart when it comes to a video presentation because you don't get that feedback. You're talking to your screen. People often get a lot more flat and just don't know how to... They Emote feed off that energy. Happy. Yeah, that's that's how I am. I I like feed off the energy of other people. I I don't do well by myself. Yeah, totally. And like uh, I told Eric before we we began, I need to turn on my webcam. Of course, we are recording a podcast here, and you guys don't see us, but we are seeing each other. So every time I see say something, I see their reactions. I see our reactions right here. So it's different, mm -hmm. you know. I need to see this. I need to be able to see this, to know. Maybe someone won't ask a question, but by looking at their face, realize they, they did understand it or they, had, they are 
not really paying attention and I'm not there to to call out for them, but I was, hey, <laughs> do you want me to explain this in a different way? So tell me, what do you need? So it's very important to have this, this feedback, like you said. Mm -hmm. So going back to these presentations you're doing for the companies, how many people at a time are you doing a workshop for? Yeah, it depends on the company. The last one has, I think, 10 people on their tech squad. So it's me, more 10 people. It's good. I don't think having that's, too much people going to work, you know, it's going to be yeah, that, terrible. That's nice and intimate where you're, you can have that feedback with everybody. When Once you start getting up to many more than that, you got the people that just sit back and they're doing it because they have to. Yeah, totally. I, I see that in meetings all the time. It's just like you want that feedback. We have all the developers here, you know, to have some discussions or get different viewpoints because you don't want just a couple of people kind of running it all. You want different points on things. And I just wish people understood that more and didn't just sit back. Yeah. And like I said, they are not lectures. They are this mm -hmm. training. So I need them to tell me what's going on. I need them to tell me how that, how that matches with their current work. If they, they if they're thinking of something that they did that week that matches what I just told them. So it has to do, it has to be both ways, you know, this shouldn't be a hashing function. Oh, here's a Yeah. If you guys didn't, didn't understand the joke, please read the last article. <laughs> there you go. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So with the new company in, in LA, are you going to be coming up? this way anytime or it's just going to be all remote no man i i want to go there asap i just <laughs> think the u.s just started allowing us brazilians to go there i think it was this november that you guys started allowing us so maybe next year i can go there and meet the rest of the people i just met with two of the the CEO and the CEO, I haven't met with anyone else. So it's going to be a good thing <laughs> to really know them. The first thing I told my CEO when I met him was, man, I'm so glad that you exist. It's not a deep fake or something like that. So it's good. <laughs> yeah, LA is only a couple hours north of Eric and I. So it's it's really close. Yeah, Take totally. Take for a beer and say thank you for all your all the writing you've done for us over the years. Yeah, man, that that's do. Let's do that. <laughs> As we're recording this, we're recording this on the 22nd November. Some big news got released today. One of the bigger stories is that PHP has established a foundation now. I think the goal is to help kind of with the organization of PHP internals, help with some funding with PHP internals, just make sure that that, that group or that organization stays strong and PHP continues to evolve. Just curious if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, it's a, it's a great story, actually. PHP is a community language. Rasmus created by himself. Of course, we had some major companies backing the support like Sand did for for some time and there are a lot of companies that support the development but it's a community-based language and the frameworks are almost uh, community-based as well so it's a great 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 day for us i hope it really goes well because we had a lot of another attempts at creating these foundations in the past right so i really hope this one goes forward i already made my contribution there so i'm a recurrent subscriber i'm back yet contribution. I saw that PHP art 
also made a contribution there. So if you guys are listening to this right now, please go ahead and help the PHP <laughs> Foundation help us support and maintain our beloved language. Actually, yeah. it was started and backed this time by uh, JetBrains was, I yeah. think the, the impetus was Nikita. They had hired Nikita Popov. Yeah. Amazing individual. So happy with everything he's done for the PHP language over the years. But last year, that article was written about the bus factor by somebody that works at JetBrains, realizing that, you know, if something happened to Nikita, where would we be at? And I think it was just the people's eyes open. And here, here we are less than a year later. And Nikita, I guess, decided to step away. He has some other things to go work on other interests at this point. And so JetBrain stepped up and said, okay, the money we were paying Nikita, we are now going to start backing this foundation. And I guess they got a bunch of other organizations to do the same. And because it's kind of an open foundation, like you said, PHP Architect, Diego Dev, you yourself, and really anybody can contribute, you know, as little as $5 a month, just to say, I make a living off of PHP, I should contribute something, you know, obviously, there's no requirement, but it's just a nice thing. And hopefully, we'll get more people to start contributing to step up and kind of take the reins. Yeah, totally. It's like you said, no one asked me to, to, to donate. I was just feeling that I had to because I've been developed with PHP professionally for 10 years. But the first time that I wrote PHP was 15 years ago. So everything that I that I own today, that I have today, it's because of PHP. It has been my main language for the last 10 years. Of course, I code with other languages. I used to, to work with JavaScript, with Python, everything else. But PHP was the main one for so many years. So I felt that I needed to, to pay back. Some, let's say like I that like, way. I like the way you put that. Everything I have today, like just personally, my house, my business, my, my cars, is because of the PHP language giving me a living for the past. Yeah, it's not only PHP, yeah, and, right? And mm -hmm. we've, we've been quick to pay for adjacent tools like database tools and IDEs and things like that. We've never had to pay a penny and, and nor are they asking anybody to pay a penny towards the actual language, but it's nice. I've always wanted to I still, I'm not sure people appreciate how much work these volunteers put into the development of this language and the fact that we have this in it not only do we have it but it continues to mature every year it gets exponentially better as a language and just it just feels good it feels right that a foundation is built around it to help organize that to help you know compensate compensation is needed I feel good about it. I'm really interested to see. And the fact that it, they're doing it in the open, every, everything is open. It's not, nothing's being done behind closed doors. I'm very excited to see how, how this is implemented and how it's used. Yeah, totally. So we had some bad news some time ago, right? A lot of bad news during PHP life, right? So PHP 5, we were almost feeling that it wasn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Then Facebook came and hack came and everything changed. And then PHP 7 came in and we were like, okay, we are back on track. Let's do this. And then Zend support, stopped supporting and they had then their own, own minds. Of course, I agree with them. They, they spend a lot of time with the language and they are able, they are free to do what else, whatever they, they think they can. So I think it's all right. And then when, Zen turned 
turns to Laminas, we were okay. At least we have those guys back to the team and everything is working. So PHP still won't die anytime soon because this, this is what we use to, to listen, right? Every month, every year, somebody would step up and say, PHP is going to die. Please learn anything else. And here we are. Soon PHP 8.1 is going to be there. And now we have PHP Foundation. So, man, it's a great time to be a PHP developer. It has always yeah, been, actually. You mentioned Zen. When Zen basically kind of dropped their support for the framework and their support of, of PHP, that to me was big. Like, I was terrified when I heard that. In my previous life, I worked in a big enterprise. And the only way I got PHP into that enterprise was the fact that there was a big company like Zen offering support for it. And when I heard that that was going away, I'm like, man, these people want PHP in the enterprise. They have major uphill bot battle now because that is a big point for enterprise implementations is having a company behind the language. I'm hoping... There are other companies out there who who are more than willing to support support PHP, but yeah, I'm hoping with this foundation that starts to kind of build those blocks again that these enterprise organizations need to say, okay, this this there's a foundation here, like this is not going away tomorrow, which is always the argument. It's, there's nothing to say that this won't go away tomorrow. Unless there's a company behind it. And ideally, maybe that foundation becomes that. The foundation becomes the foundation. <laughs> yeah, totally. I took the Zen news the same way because uh, I learned my first framework was Zend. The first time I, I got out of Brazil was to go to ZendCon in 2016, I guess. So it was a it was huge news, man. I was oh my god, what I'm gonna do? So just mm-hmm. told everyone that we should we could trust these guys, and then I'm telling that we don't because they are awesome. We are here because of them. But I told them, okay, we we can go with Zen Framework. And when they 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 launched version two, and we had to <laughs> recreate our entire <laughs> code base because the whole thing. yeah, <laughs> they already looked funny at me, my coworkers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you told me this one well, it was cool, and it was man. And then Zen three came off those components and everything else. My first talk actually was about Zen Expressive. My first talk mm-hmm. ever was using Zen Expressive to build authentication with. JWT and everything else. So I took it personally. (laughs) (laughs) So it's very good to have a foundation. And I really appreciate all the work that every company did and Nikita did and every other major contributor and every other minor contributor has done to Mm -hmm. the language. That's a good point. Very good point. All right, Vinicius. I want to thank you, as always, for everything you've done for the community for the articles you've contributed, for the articles you will be contributing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> thanks for taking the time, and uh, thanks for for writing with us. Appreciate it. It's always a pleasure, guys. You can count on me. I have so much more to, to give back to the community, like you guys said. This has been PHP Podcast, the official podcast of PHP Architect. The industry's leading tech magazine and publisher focused on PHP and web development. Subscribe today at phparch.com to see what the leaders in the community and industry are talking about.